joins us in just a few seconds and i want to just you know uh again uh thank every single one of you if you miss this show on any other shows don't forget you can check it out on my website that's jlj.com uh you can also check it out on itunes podcast um my podcast on itunes where you could be able to listen you'll be able to see the show but on my facebook on my um on my website you'll actually be able to see the show and everywhere everywhere else you know that you subscribe to um you can actually see on listeners cast box and itunes uh you can also i also upload to youtube so if you want to see the video after you can also subscribe to youtube or you can come back here later on and view the show it always it always stays on my facebook page um jorel is locked in and for she fast well j jorel she says jorel is listening from bimshe where's bimshe <laughs> jorel is locked in um folks um i'm gonna get, get uncle vol on um i just want to encourage you as well to make sure you like my facebook page not my profile page but my facebook page um because that's where the shows air originally so um everything else everywhere else it will be shared so if you want to get in on the action right away you need to make sure that you do so you log in on my actual facebook page yeah so we getting ready i want to say a special special good day and a special welcome to the man all the way from the caribbean and representing i want to say good afternoon good evening to uncle vol <laughs> hi 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 jill uh, uh thanks very much for having me on on kako t uh you you surprised me with that introduction i didn't know you had all that <laughs> all that in, your, in, your, in your thoughts yes yes, yes. Oh, i have plenty to, you know i am there's more yes. I, said. I realize i realize i only have a little bit of it but you have more <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh thank you so very much uh for for coming on and i want to you know thank you for being a positive influence in the life of my sister and uh for helping guide her um steer her in the right direction so we, from my family we really do appreciate you as an individual as uh, as a mentor um as sort of like you know the the a, a very a, an obviously awesome father figure so I want to say thank you to you. Okay, my pleasure is an honor. And and let me just say I think I think with Jarell and I it's mutual. I also gain from her. I gain from her energy and her youthfulness and her insight into new things that are happening. So I think I think we support each other in that way. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I get going to get in the conversation right away um Uncle Val. Um is it okay I call you Uncle Val? Yes, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure, you know. Um, all right. So I always start off my show asking because I like to get to know who the person is behind the this 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 resume or the CV. Um, and and a lot of times, you know, we people tend to think we are a certain person when we're not. You know, I think we had this discussion, and I I really would like to get to know who you. see yourself as and who you hope people to perceive you as right um and i just want to know who exactly is vol <laughs> that that that's a very strong question uh jail uh if i if i have to be honest i'm still trying to find out the answer to that question really <laughs> but 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 um i would say 
in simple terms. I'm just an ordinary human trying to get the most happiness out of life, while at the same time not preventing anybody from achieving their happiness. So that, that's, that's how I describe myself. But probably to go a little deeper, um, over the years, I have sort of come up with some core values that I try to live by. And, and I think I think those values define who I am. And the people who are close to me, you know, they give me feedback when I'm missing the mark or if I'm hitting the mark, you know. So um, and 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 if you if you know me, you you would have felt, you know, some way um, those core values. And I, I don't know if you want me to share them at this point or go ahead, go ahead, but by all no, means. Right, right. The first one, which which is which is um, it it sounds like a very common word, but um, and people put it here and there and everywhere. But one of them is integrity. You can call that a value. So basically, I I consider myself um, not having a price, so I cannot be bought. If I believe something is really wrong, there's no amount of money you can give me or nothing you can do for me um, to do it. And, and, you know, so I try to stay on that track. So that's one. And, and, you know, as a human being, sometimes you slip, but that is one that I hold fast. Okay. The other one uh, is innovation. I, I mean, from throughout my life, I'm always looking for some new, wonderful way to do things. Um, you know, I know a lot of people uh, reminisce on the good old days, but I'm quite excited about what the world has to offer going forward. So I'm always looking for some new fantastic way to do something. And I, and I, I keep trying to, to encourage people to, to do that as well in anything else. Another thing I do is continuous learning. I, I keep believing that I cannot know enough. So I am always looking to learn something new. So in my field, for example, I'm always forging ahead to see what's new, what's new, what, what can, how can I do this? And, you know, what, what, what's new that I can learn? And I keep learning. And everybody around me, I try to make sure that they are also learning. Uh, because, uh, as, and the fourth one is, and I don't know if you'd call that a value, but something like a social conscience. So I, I have a genuine desire to uh, make the world a better place. I, that might sound very lofty, but I, I really feel. And I believe it, it starts with every interaction. So one of the things I set out to do is that everybody I interact with, no matter what level, no matter what gender, no matter who you are, my hope is that as a result of interacting with me, you will be better. You know, you'll get to a better place. Um, so those, that, that's, that's who I am, Gerald. Well, that is a lot of tea. I hope you bring your cocoa tea for you to drink. Ah, indeed, oh. I do. <laughs> oh. So you have these values. When did you decide to develop these? Like, were these things that you, you started, you, you knew from the time you were a child? Or were these things that you have developed throughout your life? That, that's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I, about two years ago, um, because I interact with young people all the time, because I'm always trying to find out where their head is at and, and um, you know, why, why they behave the way they behave, what's missing, what they need. And two years ago, I was talking to this young man, and in the middle of the conversation, he, tell me, he asked me, so what are your values? What values you have? And that question stumped me for a while. And uh, I say, I'll get back to you. Because, you know, so many things were swimming in my head. And then I went back and I thought about it and I thought about it. I thought about how I had lived my life so far. Uh, what are the things that are important to me and so on. And then that's how I then crystal. So it's only two years ago I actually wrote it down. And, and, but when I reflect, uh, all my experiences and all the things that I've done kind of uh, show that I espouse those four things, you know. Wow, wow, that is actually, um, 
that's good that you you it's almost like you had to do you had to find yourself and find what matters to you and and what you'd like to be known as because at the end of the day um when we die we all want to know that people remember us i think about the funeral. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you, you want to be remembered uh, for, for doing positive, right? And you want to also, uh, re- in your lifetime, you want to live it meaningfully, you know? There's no need to, to live a life and, and like, a, like a bird on a tree and you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to, and that just gives me a lot to think about even where I'm concerned and, and I like that you brought this on because now I'm thinking like, what am I for now? You know, like I want, yeah, I want to yeah. get. I mean, I have. Some, you can have talents. You can have this. You can have. What are your values? And yeah. and I hope if you if you are if people you are you are locking in right now and you're listening to this and you, you're probably thinking to yourself, you know, you just heard what he said and think back. What are your values? You know, what are really your values? Mm-hmm. Talk about where were you born and raised? <laughs> okay, so I I was born in Curacao. My my father is from Penville, the Grabalata. And, um, but my, my mother is from Curacao. Uh, but when I was about two years old, I was adopted into a family. Uh, so a Bajan lady and a Dominican man. And then they, they came back to Dominica. And so I grew up in the village of Cottage. Um, and in those days, it was a very remote village in terms of access. And so, you know, there wasn't a coast road that we are very accustomed with now. Um, uh, so Rosa was a long way away. And, and as a matter of fact, we used to find it easier to go across to Bastet Guadeloupe to shop and to sell our produce than to go to Rosa. It was an easier ride crossing the channel. <laughs> so that, that tells you how far back that was. That, so that, that, are you telling us your age now? Yeah, once I start calling these things, you know, you can, you can date me. <laughs> you can put a date on me. You can put a stamp on that date, boy. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. So, so, so that's, yeah, that's what I, I grew up. I'm a country boy, really. And um, the thing is, in those days, they were, the secondary schools were only in Roseau. There were four of them, and they were all in Roseau. So that means that if you were from somewhere like Cottage, you had to come to Roseau and probably stay and go down on the weekends, um, you know, because you couldn't go back and forth every day. There wasn't that. The, the ease of transportation wasn't like it is now, you know. So, wow. Uh, but so you so you lived in Roseau. You lived with family, friends. Like who did you live with? Like, well, in those days, there were, because there were so many people doing it. There were always people boarding you. You understand? And um, and the people in Roseau loved that because then they would get uh, yam and dashi and so from the country. You know, because we our parents brought that down to make sure we ate properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Left to yeah yeah that was <laughs> that was how that went yeah. What does your, what does your name mean? My name? Yes, because you have a very, your name Okay, spelled. okay. The, the official one, the official name, Verieux. Um, I, I, I remember when I was at university, I went up for elections, university elections, and, and people asking my supporters, you know, what, 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 what that means? And uh, my supporters said, they researched it, and it, it's an old French word meaning truth. And I never argued with them, I never researched, I say I'm good with that. If it means truth, I'm good with that. <laughs> But, uh, but, but it came, you know, my grandfather and great-grandfather, they're from the south of France. So, um, and that name, that first name I have with the two R's is a surname in the south of France. Uh, so I guess they must have just passed it on, you know. Yeah. They just slapped it on you. 
it's quite unique if you notice i i can just slap that on anywhere i mean my my my, my email address is very at whatever and there's nobody else with that name so nobody <laughs> else <laughs> now now you went to school in roseau and you live high school high school high school yes, yes. Went to high school in roseau you lived with with people what were your high school days like what exactly can you say that um, was some of the most exciting things going on in your high school time oh lord <laughs> a lot of things um well i i i at school um i the people who don't know me well would have thought that i was like a nerd a fellow always studying but in truth and fact the uh, people who are very close to me know I'm a, I, I, I like a lot of fun and um and i'm not that kind of person uh so so on the one hand i did a lot of things so at, at my high school i got involved in the newspaper reproducing the newspaper editing the newspaper um i did a lot of short story writing i, I wrote for there was a newspaper in dominica called the star so i wrote stories uh, for the star i also had my stories read on dbs as a teenager i was uh, uh, in those days um I you what you call it box that well <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. The thing is, right now, kids find it pretty cool to be smart. In those days, it, uh, it wasn't the same. <laughs> Once they point to you as smart, that means you were strange or eccentric in some way. But uh, but yes, I did that. I, re I remember um, the former radio guy, Papa D, he was interviewing me on DBS, and he said, one of the questions he asked me, he said, listen, how is it that you, at your age, choose to sit down and write stories when other people your age, they're doing this, that, 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 the other, you know, and that, that was an interesting question. It's, um, but it's not that I didn't do those things. It's, um, for example, whenever I went back to Cottage, um, there were things I did there, uh, which were different to what I did in Roseau. It was two completely different lives. So when, when I was in Cottage, we had, I had a, a group of friends. What we would do, um, there were two main ones, and each of us would read something from our mother's kitchen. And we go in the bush and cook some food because we would. I mean, I grew up. I don't know if you know this spot between the last house and cottage and Clifton. So that all that land, I, um, that was like family land. So I grew up on that. So we could basically, and there's sea, river, there's everything, you know. And um, you know, we on the weekend you become a vacant. Yeah, exactly. You got it. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but in Roseau, in Roseau, of course, you don't have those options. So, um, of course, I was a decent young boy going to grammar school, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. What would your friends say about you? Your friends um, well, 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 as I say, those who are not close to me will say, oh, this is a guy who always studied. Um, I believe those who are close to me, um, they would say I like a lot of fun. And some of them would even say I'm crazy based on some of the things. Because, because and, 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 and I tell you where that comes from, in the sense that... Um, if I feel like doing something, I will do it. Um, and, and people sometimes think that people are like that. must be crazy because sometimes um, I'll just do some arbitrary things. If, if I decide now to get up and go to some other part of the world, I'll just do it. Um, and, and I have learned over time that not all humans behave like that. <laughs> you know what? You don't seem like the spontaneous type. Ex well, exactly. That's what I'm telling you. The people who don't know me say, no, 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 they're very studious. This guy is a priest, you know, he's very studious, very careful, and so on. But the people, let me tell you, if you get the four or five people who know me very well, they'll tell a completely different story. Mm. Well, what, was, what was some of your, because you mentioned that you liked short stories. Um, 
when you are writing short stories while you were at school. Mm. Were there any other subjects that you favored? Okay, uh, I got it into my head at an early age that I wanted to be a doctor. So, of course, um, I, I pursued the sciences. So, I, I loved biology, I loved chemistry, I loved um, uh, physics. And, and in the end, I actually uh, went to do chemistry at, at the university. I also liked um, Spanish and French. So, I like languages and I like the sciences. Of course, I always wondered that if I didn't have that thought about medicine in my head, whether I would have pursued, um, pursued, um, whether I would have pursued the sciences at all, mm -hmm. because um, I also like literature, so I like writing, writing things. And um, I remember at, at, at when I was about uh, 15, 16, 17, I, I thought I wanted to be an actor. And um, <laughs> yes, I did. And guess why I changed my mind? There was this young lady that I ah, I was totally crazy about, and I shared that with her one one day, and she just squashed me totally like a bug. And she just she just said, "You want to be an actor in Dominica, boy? You have no ambition." <laughs> so listen, I forget that so fast. I forget that, but but truth be told, um, in all of my jobs, that's what I do. I perform. So, um, so yeah, so I, I was a classroom teacher for, for 10 years, and, um, and each class is a performance. Uh, even though I do workshops, it's a performance. Uh, <laughs> I'm not getting paid as a performer. I'm getting paid as a consultant or as a teacher or whatever, but I'm acting. And, well, well uh, we're getting some feedback. Jarelle especially, she says, she says, you mad, Uncle Bo? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I can imagine. No, no, Andrea, I know exactly. <laughs> She's probably thinking, what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got all stories about you, Alcohol. So, okay. um, uh, good stories, all good stories. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, Jarrell has you up there, really up there. I, I yes. And, um, and yeah, so she'll probably be messaging and, and, and commenting as the entire as we go along. Okay. So you, you said that you, you fell into sciences, you love the sciences, you wish you pursued literature. Um, was it important to you to actually pursue a tertiary education? And and when you decided to do so, where did you decide that you were gonna go? Okay, so 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 if we go back, um, so I wanted to be a doctor. So of course I, I, I researched, and in those days there wasn't internet, so you had to write, you know, you write, I write uh, universities and find out, you know, find out what is it I need to do, and and they would tell you, you know, the subjects you need, how you need to do that, and so on. So then, um, well, you know the situation in Dominica, you 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 have to. Um, <clears throat> try to get some kind of way, unless you are independently wealthy, uh, to get to university is quite, well, even now it's not easy, but in those days you can imagine how much more difficult it was. So um, I applied for every scholarship that came, and I, I wasn't getting any scholarship relating to medicine or so, um, you know. So eventually I decided to take um, a scholarship they had in natural sciences, which was chemistry and biology, and um, with the intention that I'll use that as a sort of backdoor into medicine. And uh, so that's how, and then I went to Keville. I went to um, UWI Keville. And uh, that was, listen, that was a 
tremendous experience um, going to Keyville. Why you say? Well, I'll tell you why. And, and it's not so much the science that I learned, but it's learning, you know, about our Caribbean identity and ourselves. So, for example, when I was at high school, I totally hated history. Uh, when I came to Keyville, uh, part of the university's uh, regulations demanded that even if you're doing science, no matter what you're doing, you have to do history of the Caribbean. And at the time, um, so Hilary Beckles was, he wasn't sir at the time, but I think he was head of the history department. And he had some people working with him. And let me tell you, the kind of lectures and tutoring, um, they, they help us identify ourselves, first of all, as, as black people. And then secondly, as, you know, the, the whole African connection, and then as Caribbean people. And that I don't think I could have got that anywhere else uh, I had gone. So, so to the extent that after I left Keville, I knew I didn't want to live anywhere else but in the Caribbean. I knew I wanted to give all that I had back to the Caribbean. So it's, it's one of the things that happened to me, you know, at university. I think you and a lot of University of the West Indies students, as alumni, probably share the same vision or the same, they probably say the same thing. Because they, I find, and that's just me looking on the outside, um, looking in, I find everybody's so, like, patriotic. Everybody's like, we're stealing the Caribbean. We're not going anywhere. You know? <laughs> it's a thing. When it hook you, when it hook you, you can't let it go. <laughs> or is it something in the universe? Is it something that they, they, they I guess they, they, they introduced such a rich, rich culture, or they introduced you to so much of the, Caribbean culture yeah. that you yeah. are forced to fall in love with everything and say, why would I want to leave anywhere else in the world? Why would I want to? Because I know you're always talking about giving back and giving back and going back. And, and I'm just, yeah. sometimes I think, that's all like, like, like you have wings go by, <laughs> you know? And, and she's like, and she's very much, you know, okay, I want to, I want to, yeah. you know, be able to give back, which is why she studied yeah. Carrie's call or whatever. But I find yeah. and she's not the only one I've heard who've gone to, to, to um, you, who feel that they need to, they need to give back. Anyways, you're talking too much about you. You're not paying for this. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, what sort of activities, because you, you've spoken about the educational part of, of, your, of your life, you know, um, uh, what sort of activities did you get, become part of when you were growing up? Oh, well, the, the thing is, as, as youngsters, we, we used to lime a lot. And, um, and as I said, it wasn't easy like now. So, it's, I mean, I was in Roseau, but on a weekend, it's not after we've done chores and so, you could find us anywhere in the island. I mean, we would just hitch rides, yeah, from Roseau. And if we end up in Grand Fond, there's a village feast, or we end up in St. Joseph, wherever we end up. And, and, and that was fun because, um, because remember, we don't have transport, so we have no idea how we're getting back. So we hitch rides, you know, going back, <laughs> going back and forth. So, so that, that was nice. Um, I, I did not get heavy in sports. I think after, after second form with my vision issues and so on, I said, boy, you know, I got lazy and I, I didn't get in sports, heavy in sports. But, um, but like, um, and in those days, they had, uh, the, the restrictions on young people were in terms of night, the time. Um, parents had some heavy restrictions about what time you could come in. Um, so Is there a blues? Say that again? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, well, well, the thing is, my adopted parents were interesting in the sense that they did not, they did not beat. Like, let, let me tell you how my adopted mother, she was a Bajan. Uh, the way, which was fast, it fascinated me how she did it. She had almost like a formula. She had a recipe, which, uh, so, <laughs> you know, they say the time must match the crime. Mm -hmm. So if you do this, it's three lashes. And let me tell you, if you do that, it's six. And she will not give you one more than the allotted number. <laughs> and she will tell you, yeah, yeah. I, 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 listen, it's very few parents have that kind of control. You know, how, how do you, you know, but... But it, it was, I think she was trying to control herself too because you can, if you get vexed, you can brutalize somebody, yeah, giving blows. Yes, yes, but she does it very calmly. Never, she never, she never beat me when I was, um, when I was, uh, when she was angry. You know, it was always very calm. It was, hey, listen, you know, this is what. Of course, after a certain age, the beating thing stopped. Um, where I think I got beaten was at primary school, boy. Primary school, good lord. Um, that was a, a favorite, um, that was a passion, I think, of these primary school teachers. They would, um, you know, they had these whips, you know, bobber whips. What sort of things you, what sort of trouble you get into that, that you deserve a whip? Well, all kinds of things. Um, so, so, as you well know, I have a lot of lap hours. I talk a lot. So I, <laughs> I get for talking, you know, not paying attention. And, um, and the other thing was mental arithmetic. So, so they, they, because they wanted you to be quick and you had to calculate these things in your head. And I'm the kind of fellow, I want to sit back and reflect on it and work it out, you know, and take my time and so on. But they're not into that because you have to give the answer when they ask you. Like and this. if you don't get the answer, what, what, you know. So um, it, it and, and in a way it was counterproductive because I remember a time in standard five or standard six that um, I, when they asked me the question, instead of trying, I just put my back, you know, and I said, okay, well, they beat me and finish with that. So I don't bother to try. Um, so it didn't make me better, you know, the bros didn't make me better, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. I just give it back, I say, okay, <laughs> give it to me, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but, um, so that, that, uh, so basically it was th those kind of things um, that I would get into trouble for. Uh, I, I also, at, at high school, I got into detention for practical jokes i like to, i like to um yeah i like to play tricks on people no it was very hard to catch me because as you can see i have a believable face and you know so I, <laughs> i'll do the thing <laughs> i'll do the i'll do the wickedness and then try to slip by <laughs> but every now, and then they would, every now and then they would catch me and you know i would pay for it and and even when they catch me i try to talk my way out of it you know i try to scheme my way out of not getting um, the punishment so <laughs> So, somehow you decide to, you are at the University of the West Indies, and of course, you tried your luck at the Natural Sciences. Can you tell us a little bit about your your four years at university, or your three years at university, whichever? Um, uh, well, it was in Barbados. As I said, we had a good time, and um, more. I remember more about the other things I did than the Natural Science. But, um, but no, I did enjoy the Natural Sciences. So, for example, in and one of the things I did at the university, which wasn't um, the thing then, I walk around to all the faculties and I did little things with all the faculties, um, which was frowned upon, because in those days, if you're doing natural science, the people in natural sciences don't want you to go anywhere else. But I went across to the language thing and I did um, I did conversational Spanish, and I remember it was the ambassador of Spain. His wife was teaching. That's so why I formed that relationship. I went to law and I did law of thoughts, which I found very funny. 
um, and then eventually, you know, when I, when I was scrambling in, um, in my final year looking for grades, I saw an easy course, you know, because we have this status thing in natural science. We figure, um, you know, once you can do natural science, you can do any of the other things. Uh, especially chemistry. Um, chemistry people are kind of prima donna. They both say that because exactly, exactly. We just believe that once we conquer chemistry, we can conquer anything. So I went over to um, to the the society faculty and I said, you know, I wanted to do cost and management accounting because I had done I'd been a trainee accountant at Domle, so I knew all the things here um, practically. And boy, I had a hassle with them. I mean, they told me. Um, I can follow the final year course, but I will have to sit the first year the first year exam. Now that wouldn't help me at all because your first year courses don't contribute to the quality of your degree. I want the final year course, and and I battled and battled and battled, and eventually they allowed me to do it. And and thankfully I was in the top five, you know, because I just walked in there and did it. And of course I proved my point again that uh, once you do chemistry, I mean anything, <laughs> anything is fair game. <laughs> So, so also, also the other thing I did, um, I got on the Guild of Graduates and, uh, um, well, student guild actually, uh, not the guild, mm -hmm. but student guild. Uh, so I went up. So, so David Thompson, who was um, Prime Minister of Barbados, um, he and I served on the guild together. He was legal counsel for the guild, and, and I was um, NATSI rep. And in those days, and that was also fun because in those days it was one university, so it wasn't separated. Well, I think they 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 they, they, they separated and then came back together in another kind of system. But in those days it was like one university and you had just the three campuses, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if you are, I was not rep um, for Kville, so we had like I think four meetings a year. And then one would be in Jamaica, one would be in Trinidad. So I'm traveling on university money and, and having quite a lot of fun. <laughs> quite a That's lot of fun. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did you decide to go into HR? Why did I go into HR? Okay. So so the, the story is, uh, when I came back to Dominica I, with my degree in, in chemistry and biology, I went back into teaching because I had a bond to serve. And um, I kept applying for medicine. I kept applying for medicine and didn't get through. And But I usually plan out my life like decades in advance. So I basically decide, you know, from an early age, this is where I want to be at that age. This is where I want to be at that age. And I have a plan A, plan B, plan C. And I had decided by a certain year, if I did not get into medicine, that would be it. Because I plan, I have to get in. So we have uh, a Specialize and all of that and retire by this age so after a certain age it doesn't make any sense why was it so difficult for you to get in say that again why was it so difficult for you to get in um i think i think money financial because i couldn't i couldn't afford i mean even even to get the um to get into university to get this scholarship to accept the scholarship um i had to i had to get somebody to sign my bond it was seventy two thousand dollars and so I don't have property. My parents don't have property um, or money in the bank of that amount. And listen, I was walking around Rosa looking for somebody, some good soul who would just sign, you know, believe in me enough. Because if you don't come back, then they would have the person's money, you know, or whatever. They would wow. Be uncomfortable. 
So, and then I remember I was in JCs. I was a, a member of the JCs, and there was this gentleman who used to be at Tropical Printers, um, Anthony White, deceased. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, boy, I have no option. Let me just go and ask this man. And I can never forget, I went in, and he said, no, man, I put my, I, 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 I put my bets on you. And he just signed it. 